Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. Hey there, ladies. Welcome back to Being Eve. I am so excited about this episode, y'all. I had an amazing conversation with this guest, and it was really an eye-opener. This conversation is definitely going to be beneficial to those of you ladies who are in a relationship, whether you're boyfriend, girlfriend, or whether you are married, this is definitely a good one to listen to, or if you are looking to get into a relationship, this is one that you need to tune into. Also, for those of you moms who are parenting boys, this is also a great episode to listen to today. But before we get into the actual episode, let me introduce my guest. His name is Derek Jackson. I said his. That's right. Derek Jackson is a former collegiate athlete and military veteran. Through his various training, he understands the power of a focused mindset and the empowerment of a focused plan. As a life performance coach, he has helped and taught hundreds of individuals how to win the mental game of life, and how to release the mental and emotional baggage carried from one situation or relationship to the next. He specializes in life, relationship, and fitness coaching. Ladies, help me welcome Derek. Well, ladies, I have a very special surprise for you all never before history making surprise (laughs) on being Eve that's right and if you heard that laugh you know I have a man on the podcast today yes 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 I have the amazing Derek Jackson on with me Derek welcome 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 to being Eve Uh, Well, thank you, Casey. Um, I'm honored and humbled to be a part of this podcast, being the uh, first and hopefully maybe more future of men being on the podcast. uh, It is a blessing to be able to um, talk to you as well as your audience. Um, So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. You'll be the first test case. So if all goes well with you, who knows, right? Well, we may have more atoms on being Eve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well, Derek, thank you. Derek, thank you so much for coming on and just being a part of this amazing, amazing movement um, called Being Eve. Um, as you know, you know me for quite some time, right? Yeah, I think just about a year, yeah. Yeah, just about a year. And it's amazing how we've never physically met and we yeah. have found common ground in the fact that we want to empower, inspire, um, encourage, and equip God's people to be the very best versions of themselves. So with that being said, Derek, let the ladies know your story, your creation story. Who is Derek? 
Man, where do I begin? Um, mm. Just just a kind of a, a light history. I'm an athlete, of course, um, military veteran, lifetime entrepreneur. Grew up in um, Fairfield, California. Traveled around with my dad, which was in the military, Air Force for 33 years. Uh, went to Utah State um, and then joined the military myself and have just, you know, went on the discovery of myself for, for a long time. Uh, with uh, my dad not being there most of my life, trying to figure out kind of what a man was, even though I had lots of uh, mentors and fathers in my lives that I, I'm very blessed to have had. Um, but the difference was that I didn't have that um, everyday father um, learning model, uh, basically showing me what I need to do as a man. And went through, of course, relationships, uh, divorced twice, um, and really tried to find out kind of what a man really stood for uh, when it came to not only uh, living, but also from a relationship standpoint. And then went on a quest to understand really what that was about being, as you can um, look at from an um, Adam standpoint, um, how that really played out. Um, because there's a lot of things that we go through in life that we aren't necessarily taught. Um, and one of those things that I found was um, really, truly being a man. Uh, we have examples, but no one really sits down and teaches us how to do that um, on a regular basis. We know, you know, we're kind of thrown into uh, boyhood and manhood and said, you're supposed to act like this. So it was very, a very interesting turn of events for me when I decided that, you know, there was more to life and being a, a very strong man in that instance really changed things for me. So it's been a journey, but ultimately I'm thankful that things worked out the way that they did because I'm a happier man now. Um, and everything has worked out because I paid attention to what I needed to as a man and created the environment that um, was destined for me. So that's me. I love it. I love it, Derek. And, you know, um, one of the things that you you shared is how a lot of boys grow up to be men without being taught. And on mm -hmm. the flip side for women, I feel the same, that a lot of us grow up being girls, growing up into women without being taught. Um, and on Being Eve, we've heard of many different stories of different women who come on, but it's interesting from a male's perspective that men too feel that way in regards to not having someone to show them and just having to learn it on your own. How difficult was that? It's very difficult um, simply because you don't have a model. I mean, a lot of it's hard for a minute at, at every age that I encountered simply because there was such a, an expectation at a level that you, you weren't taught or you really didn't understand. I mean, just from a childhood, you know, you're not supposed to cry. Um, you're not supposed to show emotions. Um, you're not supposed to back down to anything. You're supposed to be this um, kind of knight in shining armor and not have really any feeling or, or show any emotion. Um, and that that was just tough and not really seeing a lot of the um, humble side or the, as as we call it, the the side of a man where, you know, he shows his nurturing side and his spiritual side and his his giving side from a standpoint of day every day. Um, so it's it's not, there's no playbook for us growing up. So you go through a lot of different emotions. You go through the, um, I'm not worthy. Um, I'm not enough. Um, you know, am I good enough? And just living up to something that you are, I would say during the day 
and then also feeling like, um, you know, that really isn't you when you're by yourself because you've got to put on this facade of being this, you know, tough guy all the time. So right. not easy. It's not when you really don't even know what you're doing, right? <laughs> like exactly. Trying to it out exactly. You you're really trying to figure it out along the way. It was, it's a true OJT, uh, on the job training process. But along the way, there are so many mistakes that are made um, that you also have to take credit for, but also you don't understand because you didn't know any better at the time. Right. My question for you is, which is pretty interesting, that you were surrounded by a lot of men because you were in the military. You also played sports heavily as well, but it sounds like you had a yearning still for a father-son relationship. Well, the father-son like yearning never goes away. I mean, that that it's it's a it's kind of in us. I mean, you always want to have your dad say that he's proud of you, that he loves you. You always want that okay um, from your father, even though you have, you know, all these attaboys and pat on the backs and everything like that from um, from men that you've grown up with, whether it's coaches, teachers, or, um, you know, just neighbors or just other fathers from friends. It's, you always want to have that attaboy and that thank you and that I'm proud of you from from your father. And uh, so you lack that as you go through life and you always seem to not be good enough because he's not in your life. There's always something missing. There's always a piece that's missing. And it's, it's, you yearn for that as you, as you just go through life. I mean, it's, it's a situation where you don't really ever, that's something that can't be satisfied except for that man. It's so interesting how um, we all have these similar stories, even though our functions and our roles mm -hmm. may be different, but our, there's similarities in the story of what a man goes through and what a woman goes through. We may play it out differently because of our, yeah. who we are, but there are so many similarities. And, but there's, I feel like there's so much more pressure for you men to deliver. Like you guys have to deliver. Like you, like women could get, <laughs> we could get away with saying things, you know, it's our emotions. We have this going on. We have that com going on. I mean, we are complex individuals, women, but yes. I feel like yes. you men, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> you men like have to deliver. Like there's no excuses. There's no, you know, my dad wasn't really there. It's almost as if we automatically rip the, the process of dealing with y'all emotions. And mm -hmm. just force you to kind of just say, no, you're the man now. Um, like, you know, you've asked me to marry you. I need for you to deliver as a husband. I need for you to deliver as a father, even though you may not know what the heck you're doing. So that, I, that. That, is, that is a true, a true um, depiction of what we go through mentally, because we are asked to do those things. And I don't think there's a, I don't think men shy away from it because it's we we hear about it all the time and how we're supposed to be but once you get into it and the emotions happen um you are not really given or or you don't really know how to respond to to that emotions because you were never taught and you don't know how we see certain you know different examples of it and then we try to figure out maybe you know we try a bunch of things but we really don't know until we figure it out that's hard <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because the 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 level of expectation on a man is is there i mean there's no denying that like you said we're expected to do certain things and be the provider be the protector um you know at the same time we're also expected to be gentle and emotional and communicate um and when you're not taught those things it's hard to to just have those things be an expectation. So we're living up to an expectation that we don't necessarily, we, we may not be able to meet because 
we're not, we don't really understand what that's about. I mean, right. a couple of things that we deal with this on a regular basis. And one is communication. You know, men and women talk different languages. Right. So it's very difficult for us to communicate because, you know, men talk from a logical standpoint and women talk from an, a, from a, uh, emotional standpoint. And just right off the bat, that's just human nature. So right off the bat, we're confused. And especially when you get into an emotional, um, situation where my emotion is going to be logic and straightforward and a woman may expect me to be, you know, a little bit less or more sensitive and I may not know how to, or if I do, I'm afraid to be because then I'm thought of as a punk or I'm going to be thought of as weak or I'm going to be thought of as um, not able to handle myself or, or protect for that matter right. um, because I'm showing a little bit of a soft side. So, it, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation because the expectation is always there. And we, we not, a lot of times we don't get it right. So it's kind of a, a crapshoot sometimes. Um, and a lot of men have got to get to the point to where it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Because I, whatever I do is wrong anyway. Right. And so yeah, I like give up. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. well, it's not working for me. So maybe next time. Maybe yep. next time. Yep. And then that's where the breakdown happens. And then yep. everybody's going in their own direction. And yeah, then life happens. And life happens. So. Yeah. So one of the things that you talked about, um, Derek, that I, I highlighted immediately was that sports was your sacred ground. But when you weren't playing sports, you kind of lost yourself. It's almost like your sports was your identity. Explain that a little bit, because a lot of times we go throughout life not realizing we aren't who we're supposed to be. We've been living a facade or we've been living through a sport or we've been living through um, a caricature that we've created to kind of survive and kind of maintain and kind of do, right? Whatever that feeds that side of us that makes us feel important, we live out through that and not really the person that God has created us to be. So share your story and what you felt when you weren't playing sports and um, the process of when you realize that, hey, I'm more than just sports. Well, my entire life, I was an I was an athlete, so my identity was was athletics, um, and mm-hmm. so my entire surroundings and day to day life and mentality, thought process, how I made decisions, everything was um, surrounded sports. Um, when I got out of college, and I wasn't playing sports at the competitive level that I was playing, I really did, didn't know who I was, um, because there was no longer any, the cheering was, was gone and the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the playbook was gone and, um, the, just the, the community was gone. And so it took me a long time. Um, like I said, a lot of on the job training when it came to relationships, because as an athlete, you yearn for that camaraderie, you, you learn for that relationship, you learn for that, mm-hmm. you yearn for that closeness. Um, so because you understand the importance of what teamwork is. And the sports world and real life are really, truly two different things. I mean, life will hit you in the mouth if you let it. And so when you add relationships into that and emotions into that and just life into that, I mean, you can't get lost in it. I got lost in it because um, I went through a process of not having a family. So my dad wasn't there. My mom left when I was young. Um, So family was important to me. So I did everything I could to have a family forcing the issue which of course you know now looking back you know two year two divorces 
and uh, was not able to have the family that I was yearning for. But because of that yearning, it cost me basically those relationships because I was looking at it from a standpoint of this is what was missing was the family part of me, but that was a hole that was inside of me. It had nothing to do with uh, the surrounding things that I was going through. Right. So not having uh, understanding that side of me as a man that um, I knew what a family looked like because I had been around it. I just didn't know how to show up in it as that man and as that husband and as that um, father and as, as that uh, man um, definition kind of taught me that life side. Um, right. But you get me on a sports field and I'm golden um, because I understood what that was like. But when you, you know, you take that, when that went away, um, it was tough going through the process of learning how to be a man on the job because you don't realize how many emotions and different angles or emotions come from and still trying to be just that stereotype of man of being the provider, being tough, being strong, um, not showing any emotions, any emotion and just getting through life or what the expectation was without really knowing who I was at the time. This is such a good conversation, ladies, and I hope you're honing in for those of you in relationships, for those of you who are married, to truly understand the perspective of your husbands, right? Um, to truly understand the perspectives of those you are dating in serious relationships, to understand their point of view. This is like a shocker for me because I, I don't know, it just never really clicked for me that y'all process could be as similar as ours. Yeah, in yeah. regards to identity issues and even greater so because so much pressure is placed on you all to deliver. As little mm -hmm. girls, we, we grow up with the whole Prince Charming mindset, right? We've been fed mm -hmm. the Disney story and um, we grow up, especially if we didn't have a father, we, mm -hmm. we grow up with a desire to meet that man that's going to rescue us from the castle, right? To rescue yep. us from the enemy and come with his white horse and bring us into this fairy land and we're going to be happy. And then when we get into the relationship and we get married and it's like, whoa, this man is not delivering on the dream that I had. <laughs> that, and not one moment do we ever factor in that um, your Prince Charming, you know, he had his own story. And his story mm -hmm. of creation may have been traumatic. Uh, you know, who was going to teach him how to be a Prince Charming? And, and we look to you guys to deliver and not really understanding that your story is just as important. So ladies, well, please take hold into that. Go ahead, Sarah. It's, it's, it's important to understand that, you know, everybody does have their story. Um, but when there's an expectation on us, you know, on men um, to deliver at such a high level, and when, you know, not knowing that story, because there's a lot of trauma that men have gone through that we don't talk about. Um, right. There's a lot of, of emotional things that go on that we don't talk about because it's not cool for us to talk about it. Um, and as I'm sure you and a lot of your audience, you know, realize I've been through a process where when, you know, emotions or conversations about certain things, emotion and life and just sensitive things come up, men shut down. Because we don't know how to communicate that to the level where there's an understanding because it's we weren't taught that as well as we don't really understand or know what it feels like or we're afraid because if we get if we don't understand it, it it's tough to articulate that in an emotional way without having it be one of the um, top emotions of you know either sadness or anger um, or hostility. And so we shut down. 
right. and everybody process is different. And then that process, that, that shutting down is looked upon as, oh, we don't care. When in essence, we are actually are just trying to process it in a way to where we can understand it and communicate it in a way that you will understand. But it's, it's the pressure of that gets the best of a lot of men. So let me ask you a question, Derek. How can we as women who are listening support our, you know, significant others, our husbands to communicate? How can we help them better communicate and be more emotional in regards to telling us their story if they've never shared it before? What can we do to make a man more comfortable in doing that? Well, speaking from for myself and a lot of men that I've talked to, um, I mean, as a, a life coach and a relationship coach, the number one thing I can say is to understand how important it is to be your husband or your significant other to be his peace, and really understand what that entails as far as being his peace. When when a man feels at peace in his home, um, he becomes that gentle bear that women uh, I would you know say that they would like. Um, you know, that he like he's allowed to be that gentleman, allow your man to be who he is in in his manhood, um, because all men are different and all men have different stories and um, all men have different experiences. So we're not all the same. But from an internal standpoint, we all yearn for the same things, which is uh, to be valued, to be loved, to be respected, um, to be treated you know, like a man and appreciated like a man, because there's a lot of things that we bring to the table just from a natural standpoint, given the opportunity, we'll, we'll deliver because that's our nature. Um, it's our nature to deliver when we're given the opportunity and we feel like there's no, there's not a threat. Um, when the peace isn't there, we, you know, we go into defense mode. Um, and it's just kind of a, a natural thing that we do, but just be your man's peace at the end of the day. Um, that, that speaks volumes to him and then, um, understand him, get to know him, learn his language. Um, and in, in, in turn, hopefully he'll do the same and, and learn your language so you guys can communicate better so that you begin to move down the road that you actually want to move down from where your heart sits because everybody wants, um, to be happy, to be in love and to enjoy life. But that takes two being on the same page and uh, making those things happen. You know something that you just said that just blew my mind, and it's when you said um, the word threat. That makes so much sense to me now, because just by nature, right, just in the way that we are, when someone feels that there's a threat to their, their person, their character, how you automatically mm-hmm. begin to react and go into a fight or flight. Yeah. Wow, that just makes so much sense that naturally a man, once they feel threatened by either you're threatening their manhood or their character, their integrity or what have you, et cetera, the fight or flight mode kicks in and they become hella aggressive or, Mm -hmm. you know, or they just go away, be silent, they're done with it and they're not going to go any further. And it's, it's, it's not even a, well, it is about the um, threatening or feeling like you are doing that, but it's more of a, even questioning, questioning a man's um, character and his integrity um, and based off of just the individual, you know, the woman's past because of how she feels about other men or her past relationships right. and being blamed for that and the way that, um, you know, she is or she, what's happened to her also is a huge issue with um, relationships and how people, you know, conduct themselves in a relationship, because that's what I mean by everybody has a story and there's a lot of insecurity and and a lot of, um, 
just trust issues um, when you come together in a relationship. And if you aren't, if you don't understand what your, you know, insecurities are and your trust issues and things like that are, and you bring those into a new relationship, it's going to be tough. It's going to take a, whole, a, a lot of strength on both sides to get past those things in order to have the relationship that we all say that we want, especially from, like I said, a little girl standpoint, you know, the Prince Charming and riding on the right horse. Trust me, every, every man would love to be that guy. Because that's what we are taught, or that's what we've been told that we should be. But life doesn't always work out that way. Right. But right. so it, the threatening part is, is not is just the, the question, being questioned, being felt like my integrity or my character is being questioned also is an issue. Not just the the, the, the hostility side of it, but just it, it's, it, it hurts the heart when you are trying to do your best with what you have to work with. For the most part, I'm gathering most of us all want the same thing, but because of our past and not healing mm -hmm. from those things in our past, it's hard to get there, right? It's, and it I'm, makes it harder, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, I speak about it all the time on the podcast is that, you know, ladies should truly going back and understanding your story, embracing your story, sitting down with someone, if need be, like a therapist or what have you, to go over your story, to talk about those traumatic situations in your life so that you can be the version on um, the best version of you that you were created and made to be without all that without all yeah. of those things stealing the narrative of your life and you're not ever able to get to that place you want to be whether it be in your own self or whether it be in your marriage in parenting like literally mm -hmm. everything everything mm -hmm. so it Thank you, Derek, for all of that relationship counseling you just provided. <laughs> I love it. Okay, eventually you realized and you came into the man that you are now. I know it didn't happen overnight. I know, it, you know, it, it was a no. process, right? <laughs> man. It was a process. So if you can quickly go through the steps of that process. What are some key things that stood out to you as you were going through that journey from Derek without the identity to Derek the man today who knows who he is? Um, first thing is that I had to believe in myself that I was worthy to have the type of relationship that I saw in my mind's eye. Um, and um, what that looked like and, and, and where I was at that time. So I had to re-engineer the process of being where I was um, and then where I wanted to be. So first of all, I had to believe in myself that I deserved it. Um, then I had to trust myself enough to put in the effort to make the changes I needed to make personally, as well as the, um, the, the change I need to make with kind of my, my life as far as the people I was hanging out with, um, the mindsets I need to be around, and just taking the time to really make the choices that were better for me because I, I came to a point to where I had to believe I deserved it and then um, create that environment. Um, so I lost a lot of friends um, and um, uh, made changes and just every decision I, I made was to that end. I had to trust myself. I had to um, value myself. I had to make sure that I felt that I was enough to make these things happen. Because at the end of the day, if I'm the best me that I can be and the, the, the better I am, the better I can give and the better I can love and the better I can and care for to, to those that I, I hold near and dear. 
Um, because if I'm not at my best, then everybody suffers that, you know, everybody knows that, that answer. If mama's not happy, the house ain't happy. Right. <laughs> you know, that works for, for guys too. And as far as from an individual standpoint, Absolutely. because we have to be at our best, we all strive to be at our best, but our, our best, if we don't do that, then we can't expect to have the type of relationship that we see and feel and want. We actually have to make the choices to get to that point. So I had to go through a process of working on me um, for a long time um, because I battled myself because of all the issues that I um, you know, brought to the table from j- just the past life. And then um, when I got to that point, I had to accept my past. I had to, it was my story. So I had to accept my story that it was, it's what brought me to where I am today. If I hadn't gone through the things that I went through, um, I wouldn't be the man that I am. So there, there's um, power um, in the past, but I don't live there. Um, it's, it's a reference of making, of you know, no, I don't want that. I want this. So it's more of a reference place. And when I understood that, the, you know, it was, that was part of who I was, um, it made it easier for me to be okay to move forward. Um, but the one thing I can say that was to, to wrap it all up, into kind of one sentence would be, you know, I had to give myself permission to be happy. Mm. That, that was the one thing I had to do if I was to wrap it all up was just give myself permission to be happy. Um, and from there, move on to everything else that um, I had to do, which was trust myself, value myself, um, believe that I deserved what I wanted, and then put all that to action. And slowly but surely over time, those things came true. That is powerful right there. The next thing I wanted to ask you about, Derek, is the God factor. You know, the Bible says that he becomes a father to the fatherless. And, you know, I know that not having that relationship with your dad was a major factor as to why some of the mistakes happened in your life, right? It's not the sole reason, but it's it's Mm -hmm. the root there. Uh, So how did God become real in your life? Um, well, it showed me how valuable a father is. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually became a, a coach for many kids um, as, as a high school coach and just an athletic coach. And just realizing how important those those individuals were to me, um, I became that same individual for others. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the, everybody needs an example or at least a taste of what it's supposed to be like. I mean, if I didn't have the great men that were in my life, I wouldn't have wouldn't have known the taste of what it was to be a man and to be a good husband and to be a good friend and to be a good brother. Um, So I had a lot of examples, but I'd never had it underneath the same roof. Mm -hmm. And so uh, becoming that man um, for, for others was, it it became an an instance job because Mm -hmm. my lack, um, I wanted to give to somebody else and make sure that they didn't have that lack. So it you it, it's kind of an a an automatic job that you end up doing because most men that I know um, that grow up with fathers realize that um, you know it's it's tough and we don't want other young men to do that. So there's a lot of good men that are out there trying to help young men that don't have fathers create that uh, connection so that they don't make the same mistakes, and they don't go through the same things that um, those of us that didn't grow with a father go through. You're not saying that it's 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 a perfect system. Um, but there's a lot of men that automatically gravitate to that lifestyle of being um, a father to the fatherless because we understand how important it is for them to at least have um, an idea of what it's like to have a man in their life. 
Do you believe that although you have that void, that God in some way, shape, or form is allowing you to fulfill that purpose in that way? Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. um, it, like I said, because of that, I got to see how important from a big brother or from a coach or yeah. from a father standpoint, how important I was to another young man um, and how what I did um, touched their lives. And they made a decision based off of what I taught them or the example that I set. Um, it's a huge responsibility because, you know, as a man, you want to raise good men, not only for the community, but also for the daughters that are out there. Um, it's a, it's a full circle process and understanding. And, um, we don't see it enough because it is everyday life and it's not sensationalized, but there's a lot of men that are taking care of, of, of fatherless sons that are going to turn out to be great men because of that connection or because of that community so it's a definite um necessity that we carry because we're supposed to you know sharpen the iron that's coming up and that's just that's our job and um we don't shy away from it it's just if we're allowed to do it but it's tough because there is a lot of animosity and just um, hurt and pain from young men because they're going through the same thing that we went through even though we have the experience because we're older it's still a tough uh, wall to break. As a mother of two daughters, I have to say I appreciate that. We look at this world today and it, you know, it grieves me sometimes to see what we see coming out of the next generation. And my hope and prayer is for more fathers, more good male figures to begin to rise up and to raise the next generation of men so that we can begin to change the narrative Mm-hmm. of generations to come like they really don't have to live the life that we saw that it can be different um and it's our responsibility those of us right now who are parents to these children who are mentors who are guiding lights in their lives to be those lighthouses to guide them through and to get them to those destinations that god has created for them so that they can be those strong men Um, that God has called for them to be. So I thank you and appreciate you as well as all the men out there that are doing the hard work of raising other men's children. Uh, Yes, I second that. One thing that um, you put in your question there, Derek, that stood out was when you talked about doubt. And it stood out to me because doubt has become something that I've honed into for a number of reasons. Because, of course, Eve doubted what the Lord had said in that moment when she was having that conversation with the serpent. And so, therefore, she ate. Right. We know that. Mm-hmm. But I recently delved into that word doubt. And one of the definitions that came back up was to call into question truth, to be uncertain, <laughs> to lack confidence, mm-hmm. to consider unlikely of course, fear, and not to believe or accept. And so as I sat down and meditated upon the the word doubt and its meaning, when you said my mindset was all about doubt, all I can think about was someone who was completely bound, right? Because your yeah. mindset is completely all saturated with doubt. You're not going to be able to do a single thing. How did you get free? Just when it started getting good, here we are with the break. Ladies, we'll be right back after this quick message. 
Hey, 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 ladies. Being Eve in Adam's World is still available to you for purchase. You may not be able to get a signed copy, but you still can get your very own copy of this amazing book. This book is now available on Amazon and all platforms where books are sold. And you can also click the link in my bio to get the very special discount that is offered to you as my listeners of the Being Eve podcast. So head on over to the show notes, click the link in that bio and get your copy of Being Eve in Adam's World today. So ladies, that concludes part one of this amazing two-part series. Derek Jackson will be back on Thursday, October 28th for part two. So make sure you come right back here to Being Eve to listen to the conclusion of that great conversation. Ladies, have an enjoyable day and talk to you all soon. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.